I hope our audience today is more captive than our new friends. What do you mean? Let's find out! I'm Claire. And I'm Vince. And this is Friends of Legends! Friends of Legend, a weekly podcast where we gain a better understanding of the magical creatures that share this world with us, and do our best to build respectful relationships with them. Everybody needs a friend. Indeed, especially in these very trying times. Today I thought we could do something a little bit different. Oh, really? We're going to talk about two kind of similar friends, but two different and distinct creatures. Would you call this a creature feature? I sure would. Hooray! (laughs) First friends we're going to talk about today are the Swan Maidens. Now, Swan Maidens appear in many different cultures and regions of the world. There are stories about them from Greece, Ireland, Russia, Germany, Iceland, Japan, China. They're all over. They, They make their rounds. Wow. I I can't say I've ever heard of Swan Maidens, but uh, tell me more. You are probably familiar with the story of Swan Lake, the ballet. Oh, man, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah, so a swan maiden is essentially a shapeshifter. They have this beautiful robe of swan feathers that they can don and doff. And when they put on the swan feathers, they turn into a swan. When they take it off, they are a beautiful human I want to, I would say woman, but there are actually swan males out there. Not exactly maidens, but um, there are, there are swan guys out there. Um, but it's mostly maidens in the world. So usually what happens is when a swan maiden is bathing, usually in a lake, they're not wearing their, their robe of feathers. So what can happen is... Typically, unmarried men will come and find the maiden and steal her robe so that she can't fly away. And that compels the maiden to marry the man, which is super creepy. Yeah, that's um, problematic to say the least. Mm -hmm. Yikes. No good. But on the brighter side, usually what happens with these these maidens, maidens no more after being married, Mm -hmm. um, they will often bear children for the, their captor. And uh, sometimes the children will grow a little bit older and they will sing a song telling the, the swan woman how to find her robe, where the father has hid it. And then as soon as she finds it, she escapes back to the lake, back to whatever body of water she used to live in. And she never turns back. Well, that's a, a good end to that sort of tale, but it still makes me feel icky. Yeah, it's it's a very sad sort of situation all around. Um, they are very peaceful creatures. You might be aware that other friends of legend, like mermaids and sirens, have a little bit more of a vengeful nature, but swan maidens 
they're just keeping to themselves. They, like I said, they'll be bathing, they might be singing, just kind of having a a lovely time by the lake or river, and they just kind of get stolen away. But I do like when they are able to return to their their swan families. Hopefully they all get to that point, but for some it's it's not so happy of an ending if they can't find their robe. Meep. That's a, that's a hard life. So this kind of answers my question, but is pretty much the only interaction that swan folk have with people, just creepy dudes stealing their stealing their swan robes and forcing them to be a, a spouse until they can escape? Usually that is what is recorded um, that, that we know of. I can only assume that there are many peaceful stories of swan maidens that get to live out their lives with their swan families and not interact with greedy humans at all, but those are probably the ones that are not exciting enough to be put into history. But unfortunately, they are usually seen as, you know, the victims of captivity. Well, that's a shame. It sounds like they they live in groups, though. They're not just solitary. They do often live in groups. Um, They will especially like to bathe and sing in small groups. What a serene image, though. A bunch of bunch of swan people singing in a lake. Why would you want to disturb that? It is, it is really upsetting. Blap. Yeah, we can, we can do better than that. We sure can. So for swan maidens, their ideal life is just to be left alone by grabby grabby guys and ladies. Just if you meet a swan, if you're at a park or a lake and you see a beautiful swan swimming around, leave it be. If you see a naked lady, leave her be. Leave the naked guys alone, too. Please. Please, don't take their cloaks. If, okay, that's the best way to get them against you. Because they might be a doting wife or husband for, you know, however long your marriage lasts, but as soon as she finds or he finds their robe again, they're gone. So just avoid that situation entirely. Find a find a spouse the the proper way. Yeah, find find a spouse that actually wants to be there. Meet them at a coffee shop. Don't go taking their clothes while they bathe nude in a body of water because you wouldn't want that to happen to you, presumably. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that trope in a bunch of sitcoms where coming of age movies. Yeah, yeah, where you know the, all the kids are ripping off their clothes to go skinny dipping in the lake, and then. The group of bullies sneak up and grab the clothes and make off and... Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's humiliating. But you especially don't want to strip these poor swan folk of their free will. Please don't do that. So, as I was saying, the best way to become their friends is to just admire from afar. Maybe don't, like, be a peeping Tom about it, but give them space. You can maybe feed them some breadcrumbs or some grapes, you know, when they're in their swan form. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they... Well, I don't know. Maybe they'd still want breadcrumbs and grapes. It's kind of a comical sight, but you probably shouldn't be approaching them while they're nude humans anyway. Yeah, it's it's just icky. So I kind of wanted to talk about... There's a swan maiden character in J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The Silmarillion. Which I think you've read. I have, but it's been a while and I don't remember. Can you uh, refresh my memory? She's got a name. Hold on, let me... 
hope you're including this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can. This is the kind of journalistic integrity you can expect from our most vaunted and esteemed of podcasts. So here's the thing. I didn't take down her name because I knew I wouldn't be able to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> oh. Here, let's find it. Um, okay. Arwin. Arwin. Sounds like Arwin and Eowyn. <laughs> I think it's Arwin. 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 E A with an umlaut. R W E N. Hey, guess what, guys? We have an email address. If you if you find yourself yelling at your podcast saying that's not how you say that, why don't you record yourself saying it and we can we can educate ourselves. That would be much appreciated. Please don't yell at us though. No, don't 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 shout. Um, we are sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. But swan maidens are very prevalent in lots of folklore from all over the world. Swan Lake is a Russian ballet, of course. And then there are stories of Germanic hunters that have come across swan maidens in the forests of Germany. So they're all over the place. That takes me to our next friend. As I said, it is kind of a similar being to swan maidens, but these are ones that have a very special place in my heart because of all the pop culture surrounding them. I think I know what you're talking about. We're talking about selkies. Yay! So orc, in, orc. So instead of swans, selkies are seal folk, and they typically stay in the European region. You'll find most selkies in Scotland, specifically the Northern Isles, so uh, Shetland and Orkney. Orkney. Ork, ork, ork. And I didn't know about Orkney until I did my research, and I'm very happy about it um, because of the orcs. It's an old Viking settlement. Oh, neat. That's really cool. Anyway, that's where Selkies live. They also live in Iceland and the Faroe Islands. Ah. Home to your favorite band. That's right. <laughs> so Selkies... When they are in the sea, they are in seal form. Gray seals, to be specific. But when they come on land, they shed their seal skins and become beautiful, pale-skinned, dark-haired humans. You also have a predominantly female population of selkies, like in the swan maidens, but some of them are males. So, there you go. The same thing sadly happens to selkies that happens to swan maidens, Greedy men and women will come along to uh, a seashore and will steal a selkie's seal skin. And then they are compelled to marry that person. But the whole marriage, they will kind of gaze out longingly at the sea. That's all they can think about. They might reproduce with their spouse, but as soon as they find their seal skin, they're back at it. They're back in the sea which their their husbands and their children will grieve them, but they never return. Why would you want to be in a relationship with someone who's so distant? I mean, it's not the Selkie's fault. Well, it's not not talking about the Selkie. I'm talking about the person. Like, why would a person want to be in that kind of relationship? Why would they put themselves in that situation? Yeah, and they're probably blinded by lust and infatuation, and they're not thinking through what will come of their union gross yeah it's a lose-lose for everyone but especially the kids yeah i know the kids oh poor things but oftentimes you know little kids 
will be very curious, romping around through their house. They might go up into the attic, find an old chest that dad locked away, find a seal skin inside, and, hey, mom, look what I found. Like, yoink, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) Deuces. Yeah. Um, But the, the male selkies are particularly handsome. And oftentimes, they will be the more predatory party. I'm imagining that when they take their seal skins off, they look like literally anyone from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Chiseled, tall, ripped. Probably so. <laughs> but um, the funny thing is that when selkie males reproduce with human females, their kids are uh, web-toed. Web fingers and web toes. And that doesn't really happen as much when you have a selkie mother, but unfortunately, you're going to have some wonky-looking kids if you've got a selkie dad. I mean, that's okay. We can get around it. They'll probably be better swimmers for it. That would probably explain away that sort of condition that some people are born with, because it's a real thing. You can have webbing. Actually, yes. So what I found in my research is that a lot of a lot of folks that came across children with that birth defect, attributed it to selkie folk. They thought, this person is not a person, not a human at all. So that, of course, has been debunked in at least most cultures. But I thought that was very interesting. It is. And I'm glad you kind of told me about it because I was I was going to ask right as soon as you told me that we were going to be doing selkies, why we don't hear stories about male selkies. And this kind of brings some light into that. Yeah, they are um, they are around, and to get into how to become friends with a selkie, if you want to attract a male selkie to the shore, women can actually go to the sea, maybe stare longingly over the dock, and if you shed seven tears into the ocean, it is said that a male selkie will approach you. Oh, wow. Kind of like the sulky version of sliding into your DMs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that's the guy selkies. The lady selkies, same with the swan maidens. They just want to be left alone. They don't want your creepy butt making you marry them. Please leave naked ladies be. So, in general, are you saying that there's no real way to become just platonic friends with a uh, a swan maiden or a female selkie? I have every faith that we can. Like I said, the most exciting stories are of the kidnapping and the forceful marriages. But, but I have every reason to believe that if we are gentle, if we approach with tenderness and stay far away from the skins... They won't fly or swim away, and we can have a lovely conversation with them. That's a good general rule of life. Stay far away from the skins. <laughs> we can even maybe join in some song. Selkies like to gather together in groups at moonlight and sing seal songs. Oh, seal songs. Isn't that great? I would love to hear a seal song. No, I'm not going to grace our listeners with my idea of a seal song, but you can only imagine. So what do selkies eat? Selkies eat what seals eat, pretty much. Fish, squid, octopus, small crustaceans, and then when they are in their human form, they'll eat human food, but they prefer to hang on to the seafood 
and meats. So they never stray too far from their natural diet. Understandable. It's Mm -hmm. not too dissimilar from our diet. So you mentioned the British Isles, Iceland, Faroes, kind of everything that sits up in the North Atlantic or the North Sea. Is there any more widespread tale of Selkie, kind of like there is with the Swan Maiden, or is it just relegated to those uh, those Nordic waters? Selkies do branch out to other parts of the world. There's tales from the Chinook people of North America of a small boy who turns into a seal. So, yeah, I mean, they're all over, but the colonies are probably going to be closer to the British Isles. And there are a lot of references in pop culture to Selkies as well, and they are mostly of Celtic origins. There is a movie that we both really like, and I I want everyone to go watch it on Netflix after this. It's called Song of the Sea. What a precious movie. It's an animation, beautiful images. It's about a family that deals with having a Selkie mother and what happens when she returns to the sea. Did you know they're referenced in uh, A Song of Ice and Fire as well? I did not know that. Yeah, not not in the show. It's more of a sort of subtle nod to the Selkie stories with one of my favorite uh, cultures from that book, the Ironborn. Mm-hmm. There's a family that lives on an island that's the furthest point west that anyone has ever explored called the Lonely Light. It's a lighthouse and the people, they're called uh, the Far Winds. And it said that they are able to skin change the way that like Bran and Arya and Rickon and Jon are Mm -hmm. into seals. They're also said to be able to skin change into killer whales as well. But mostly it's the seals that are referenced. Interesting. That's really neat. I mean, and we were asking about what parts of the world selkies can be found and... From what I understand, gray seals specifically like colder waters because they've got all that blubber. So you can find them in more subarctic regions like like Pike, where the Ironborn live. And <laughs> Yeah, it would make sense to me. Somewhere cold, remote, marine, etc. Speaking of blubber, there is a good way to make enemies with selkies. If you go around killing seals, mm. then you're going to quickly get on their their hit list. There is a story of a man in the Orkney Islands of Scotland who brought his flock of sheep to graze on a home. And then he killed a seal on the way home for most likely meat and blubber to bring back to his village and whatever he's going to do. But when he returns to the pasture the next day, all his sheep have disappeared. But Everyone else who had flocks of sheep on the island, they all had their sheep still. So it's just him and his horrible wrongdoing that led him to lose his sheep. You know what you did. Mm-hmm. They're always watching. Another thing I just thought of, is there any way to tell if a person is a selkie in disguise? You might be able to tell if if they look kind of morose. And if you live by the sea especially... You've got a friend, a neighbor. They just can never seem to be happy. Especially if you catch them staring out into the ocean a lot. You've probably found yourself a Selkie. Now, what you can do to help her, or him, if if you really want to get involved, do a little bit of searching and maybe even question their spouse. Try to find their skin. 
I know that that sounds kind of like you're interfering, but if you really want to help this person, this Selkie, then try to find their skin and return it to them. I think it's only right. Mm-hmm. So if you want to learn more about Selkies while keeping a good distance from the real ones, you can watch movies and read up on them. There's another movie that my mom would always show us at St. Patrick's Day called The Secret of Ronanish. And it's a live action that features Selkie kids. And it's really a neat movie and kind of shows how elusive and magical and mystical they are and how we don't want to bring them any harm. So at this point in the show, if you have not listened to us already, welcome. We have a rating system for how easy it is to become friends with our creatures of legend. So we've got four tiers. The first one is friend-shaped. That means this creature is really easy to get along with and seems to enjoy being in human friendships. The second in the list is cheeky friend. Um, Not necessarily hard to be friends with, but prone to mischief or annoyance. The next one is spicy friend. They're a harder creature to safely become friends with, and they might be a risk to your safety. And then the last tier is not a friend yet. There's no real known instances of human friendship. It's almost always a risky or dangerous affair to get involved with them, but don't count them out just yet. Right. I would definitely give sulkies and swan maidens the rating of friend-shaped, because they are very gentle creatures, and the only risk that you have if you end up kidnapping them is getting your heart broken when they leave you. Yeah, see, for that, I would actually, I would almost give them cheeky friend. While it's not mischief or annoyance, it is it is difficulty. It's difficulty that isn't threatening to your safety, but right. it's almost like we need a, another tier, like, sad friend. Because Aww, tragic not, friend. Tragic friend. They're not hard to be friends with, but you're kind of forcing them into it. And unless you're going about it a very specific way, that friendship is going to end and you're going to feel left out. Though, to be honest, it's probably it's probably something you did. That's a very thoughtful response, and I would have to agree with you. The Selkies and Swan Maidens don't seem like they really need or desire human companionship, but they're also not going to be downright harmful to you. Um, But yeah, I I definitely think you're right. It is harder to get close to them without doing them harm. So I think what we should do in our journey to become friends with everyone is maybe recognize those who want to be left alone. Or at least just admire from afar. Give them a nice wave from across the lake. Make the first move, but give them their space. Mm-hmm. Leave a leave a plate of tasty mussels out. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our show. Yep. I hope you enjoyed this double feature. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you will do your best to take what we have told you to heart and to respect the nature around you and naked bathers on the lakes and seashores. Especially that, because even if they aren't selkies or swan maidens... Don't go take in their clothes. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, they they need that. 
If you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcast service you like, or perhaps even subscribe to us. It really helps us out a lot. Yeah, if you subscribe to us, then you'll be notified of our new episodes when they come out. We release them every Saturday. We also have a website. Uh, It's friendsoflegend.com. You can go there to see some of our past episodes, read About Us pages, frequently asked questions. There's a place there where you can send in contact forms or even see our social media sites. Yeah, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, always posting new things every week. So if you follow our Twitter page, you will get clues on Friday as to what we're going to talk about that following Saturday. Yep, just a little sneak peek to to whet your appetite for the next mythical friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you again so much for listening. And remember, when it comes to friends of legend, charm them. Do not harm them. 